Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. Good evening. We are a couple minutes late. We were messing around with the microphone, but I failed. We have not connected it, so. So Herman's going to speak up louder so you can all hear him well enough on the podcast. A couple of announcements. Tonight's topic is about activity in the canter. We had a little pre-chat about activity of the canter. So hopefully we have. I was wondering how you described it. So what is activity? How do you get activity? All those good things. Another important announcement. I'm doing a free webinar on pirouettes next Sunday, Sunday, March 3rd. It's going to be awesome. I have a lot of cool slides and pirouettes are, I think, one of the most technical movements. I don't know if you agree with that, but they're technical. Oh yeah. Yeah. So really breaking down step-by-step, like what is a pirouette? What are the aids? What are exercises to ride the pirouettes? All of that is going to be inside the webinar. I hope you show up live because there's going to be a super secret segment. And it's always just really fun for everyone to show up live. Um, Another announcement, I was in Europe last week. That's why we missed Facebook Live. Yes, we, we, I could have, no, there's no way I was doing it on my own. <laughs> Herman did not want to do it on his own. I don't know how to turn on the computer. <laughs> you do. I, I do? gave you a lesson on how to turn on the computer. Oh, okay. Um, but I spent four days in Europe looking at young horses, which was amazing. Like the quality of the young horses over there is incredible. Um, I'm still a little jet lagged and a little tired, <laughs> but... Um, we drove all over the Netherlands. We went up into Germany. We went down into Belgium. We saw a ton of good horses. I rode a lot of young horses, which is always a challenge and really fun. I definitely think that it's it's hard, like getting on a young horse that you don't know. Do you agree? It makes me breathe a little heavier. Yeah. You know, you just. Yeah. So what are your tips for getting on a young horse that you don't know? Watch them ride it first. Yes. You don't want to be yes. that horse's training for the month. No. So if they, if you, this is a good tip. If you go to try a horse and they won't ride it first. You're not getting on it. No. No. So you watch them ride it first and then, uh, then you make a decision. Yes. And then you get on and you feel that. And then you make another decision. As you walk around, and then if you like the walk, then you can make another decision and you work your way up. Yes, definitely good advice. There was one horse that was like super fresh and spooky with a rider and just like kept jumping around. And Did you skip that one? yeah, Karen, um, one of my clients was with me, and and I could just like sense her energy. She was like, Don't get on that horse, don't get on that horse. Um, so yeah, I took a pass on that one because. I mean, my thing is if if I figure in their home environment with their home rider, if they're that spooky intense, they're going to be worse when I get on them and even worse 
when I get them back home. And then it's so, just a waste of everybody's time because you know ahead of time that you're not that interested yeah, in it. You right. look at it and you go, it's too whatever. Yeah. It's too fast. It's too slow. It's too tall. It's too small. It's too spooky. I mean, all those things. And you go, I'm, I'm really not going to buy this horse. I know that. Right. So, so moving yeah. on. And I don't, and then I don't even get on. Yeah. But I do think what I love about it is that sometimes you'll watch a horse go and like you like the horse or you have a certain impression of the horse. And then when you get on them, sometimes it's surprising. They feel like way different than you expected. Either you like them more, you like them less. So I always find it fascinating to like get a sense of them visually and then also get a sense of what they feel like. And that's part of why I always like to ride them before I buy them because I think the feeling is super important and how like the horse's temperament and how they feel in the connection and how their back feels and all of that is, I think, really important. Right. That's why you want to try them before you buy them. And I used to be really diligent about that. Right. And now I am again, because I didn't once. I had somebody buy a horse sight unseen and that just went poorly. Yeah. But it, it definitely, when you get on a horse that you don't know, my best advice is I think it's always good to go a little slow at first. Like you don't want to get on and just like jam them with the spurs and like yeehaw and put all this pressure on them. So well, I, because they don't know you either. Right. So, yeah, you know, it's like meeting somebody for the first time. Yeah. You don't jump right into religion and politics the first night out, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I always like to, you know, take my time and try to kind of ride the horse first, like the rider has been riding them, you know, kind of mimic like the patterns that they did or, you know, which where they picked up the canter, which lead they did first and um, and just take my time slowly at first with the horse. I always think that the transition into the canner is the hardest thing on a horse you don't know, especially a young horse, because everyone's aid for the canner transition is a little different. Like it's inside leg at the girth, outside leg Yeah, back. but where your weight is and how yeah. you turn and, you know, how much you weigh, how much they weigh, all of that, the contact, the weight in your hands. Yeah. So there were several times, like when I was riding a young horse that usually what I do is I trot around until I felt pretty comfortable and I felt like the horse was comfortable enough. And then to pick up the canner, the best place is either like as you're coming towards the rail or in a corner, that's the best place to ask for canner. And if you're on a new horse and you ask for canner and it doesn't happen the first time, don't worry about it. And that's very normal. Kind of just get organized again, get the trot back again, breathe a few times and then set it up and ask again. But usually it's that the horse didn't understand um, what you asked for. So it's not good to like, you don't want to just like punish them when they don't can. Right. Yeah. I always say, well, if you get the transition, great. And if you don't get the transition, great. Yeah. Because it just doesn't matter. Right. It really just doesn't matter. You yeah. go and do it again. It's one thing if it's a horse you ride every day and you know that you've set it up and you've asked in a way the horse understands and they blow you off. Like that's different. With a new horse, um, you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, I would say. So anyways, we saw a lot of fabulous horses. The quality of the gates, the quality of the breeding, 
in Europe is just amazing. So it's, it's always really fun to get to go over there. It's definitely a treat to get to ride a lot of high quality young horses. And I'm slightly jet lagged. So I'm definitely feeling that a little bit tonight. We got back on what day we get back Tuesday, Tuesday. but I like worked on my computer the whole plane ride. So I kind of like stayed up all night, Tuesday night, and then came right back into the swing of things. Okay. So tonight's topic is cancer activity. And what we started doing is every week, we're going to talk about the YouTube video that went live. So this week's YouTube video was about how to create jump and activity in the canter. So to start off with, what is activity? Right. So, I mean, I think about it as the articulation of the joints in a rather quick tempo. I think that's a good definition. And articulation of the joints is important because... Um, we want our horses to flex their hock and their stifle and their pelvis. That's a part of collection. So that's good activity. Bad activity is where your horse is just like running off like a racehorse. Right. It, it's busy work. Yeah. Busy work is not good. It's purposeful. Yeah. And then certainly tempo, you know, being able to quicken the canter stride is important for your pirouettes it's important for your flying changes and most horses tendency when you collect them is that they slow down in the tempo right so because it's harder now yeah it's like a 18 wheeler going through the mountains it's going to slow down you got to make it like a porsche so zip 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 <laughs> okay question number two how do you create activity in the canter training <laughs> You go, you come back. You go, you come back. Transitions. Transitions within the gate. Yeah. And as soon as the horse starts coming back, ride out forward. As it goes forward, bring it back. So the horse understands, go, don't go. And even transitions between the gate, like trot, walk canter, canter, trot. Walk, canter is good. Yeah. And also trot, canter, trot. If you do them like quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like you had a good exercise for one of our students the other day. Her horse was a little behind the leg and you had her. Trot four steps and canter. Trot four steps and canter. Yeah, and they made her count it. Yeah. And they made her count it, so she was on it, on it, on it, aid. Then canter, 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 then trot. On it, on it, on it, aid. Okay, so you're cantering along. You want to create more activity in your canter. What do you do with your body, with your legs, with your eights? So I try to be not sit heavy close my leg, ride it into my hand. As soon as I feel it go for that energy, then I make that half halt, soften that and do that again. And just repeat that, go, come here, go, come here. Yeah, so it's leg, little half halt. I think it's also important whenever we're talking about the canter that you create activity on the upbeat of the canter. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Right, I remember- um, When Christina the mane flies up talking about somebody who was doing it on the downbeat, which all that does is pull your horse into the earth. Right, which is not so good. Yeah, you gotta do it on the up phase. Yeah. Sure. yeah. So remember that the canter, the horse's back goes like a wave. So it goes up, up flat, level, down. down. And that corresponds to on the upbeat, that's when the outside hind leg is on the ground and the other three feet are like lifting off the ground. 
The level B is when the diagonal pair is on the ground. So the inside hind and the outside front are on the ground. And then the down B is when the inside front leg lands. So when you're activating the canter, you always want to do it on the upbeat of the canter so that you get more lift and, and that you think about activating your horse like you're going up a hill instead of down a hill. And that's super important. And then as far as your legs, so what do you do? Like, do you use one leg? Do you like, use both legs? To uh, I use my calves. Both. Both. Both calves. But. Not thigh. But inside leg at the girth, outside leg behind the girth. Yeah, because I'm yeah. still riding that lead so that when I switch my legs and then my horse goes, oh, I'm supposed to run the other lead because your legs are in that other place. Yeah. And one thing that, so like you close your calf, right, and on the upbeat and you want more activity and nothing happens, then what do you do? I take a breath, soften, close my leg, and then the auxiliary driving aid, spur of the whip. And we go ride medium and bring that back and then go ride medium and then bring that back and then do it again. Yeah. And sometimes because what the I'll leg do, has to mean go. Yes. Sometimes, too, I think about going back to talking about tempo. So if your horse is going like canter, 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 and you want more activity, sometimes you have to go canter, canter. Like right. sometimes your leg aid you have to break the timing. has to be quicker than the canner so that they actually get quicker. Yes. And then it's important that when you get that power and that activity that your seat follows it. Like that when you create the energy that your hips are allowing that to come through. Yeah, that is the biggest thing that I see is people use their legs, but their pelvis is tight and their lower back's tight. So there's not a suppleness so that their trunk isn't supporting what the legs are asking for. You have to be so flexible in your hip so that the horse can go. You know, you sit hard, you sit tight, and the horse is like, well, that's a mixed message. Okay. Um, there's a few questions. If any of you watching live have any questions about the canter or about how to create jump or activity, put your comments in the chat and we will answer them. Uh, okay, so this is from Linda. She says, I have difficulty believing or trusting the downward transition from canter to trot or to walk. My bad habit is to lift out of the saddle into a posting trot rather than trust my seat. How do you speak to a student about correcting that? What I do is um, I make them take their feet out of the stirrups before the downward transition. Oh, <laughs> like while they're cantering? Yeah, take your feet out. I mean, because you will, you know, <laughs> necessity is the mother of invention. So if you can't stand in the stirrups, then you'll sit. So, yeah, get into the canter, canter along, everything's good. Put them on a circle, feet out, canter, canter, trot. Okay. What's a, what's a more um, baby version of that if you're not brave enough to drop your stirrups? Um, if, if you tell them to sit and they won't sit, how do you make them sit? <laughs> okay. Uh, you could breathe like exhaling in the downward transition will help you to stay more in the saddle. True. Um, sitting back. That's another big Shoulders thing. Back. Shoulders, Shoulders back. back. Because when Take your horse. Take a breath, get soft, shoulders back. 
And I breathe into that downward transition. Yeah. Because then what happens anytime your horse slows down, the centrifugal force pushes you forward. Just like when you hit the brakes in your car, you go forward and the seatbelt catches you. But when you're riding, you don't have a seatbelt. So you've got to make sure that you sit back before you hit the brakes. Otherwise, you're going, an object in motion tends to stay in motion. So if you don't adjust yourself for that downward transition by keeping your shoulders back, when the horse doesn't go 15 miles an hour anymore, you will. Yes. And so continue on, you go. It was funny. The other night I was doing office hours for stride. So we do video review and one of our new coach coaches, Nick, she was, she said, she was talking about like bronc riders, you know, that ride the bucking horses yeah. in the rodeos. And she said that they always keep their nose behind their belly button. And I liked that. Like yeah. keep your nose back behind your belly button and you're a lot, a lot less likely to fall off. For sure. So. Cause that way you're always straight. Um, okay. Um, so what can you, so for those of us, clever, who, what's that say? Clever Rachel. Question for those of us with desk jobs where we sit all day, then sit again to drive to the barn. How, what can we do to loosen up those hips? Um, take your feet out of the stirrups at the walk and walk around a bit, make some walk halt transitions, walk, you know, make serpentine at the walk and let the motion of the horse move you but you've got to you know take your leg off take your thigh off and then let it hang and take your leg off and then lay it hang if you clamp your legs on your hips will never move but you just move around with the walk okay my so that's a good suggestion my suggestion as someone who has recently been sitting at a desk a lot more uh, I have a desk that goes up and down. So like I'll alternate between standing up and sitting down and that really helps. I also have a, um, um, exercise ball. What do they call those? And yeah. BOSU ball. So like sitting sometimes on the ball while you're working at your desk, you can like move your hips around a little bit more that way. Um, and then stretch. So yeah, Sean. yeah get stretch. up and stretch in the morning. I used to just get up and sit at my desk. And one of my New Year's resolutions is to stretch for five minutes and before. before I I mean, Stephanie had all those stretches to yeah. do before we rode, remember? Yeah. Okay. Here's another good question about Cantor. This is from Julie Taylor. How do I ensure I'm getting a good three beat as opposed to my horse's favorite tranter gait? Do you know what a tranter is? Yeah. Trot cancer. Right, it's not a good thing. The trottering. Okay, so how do you avoid the tranter? I ride medium. Right, be bold and ride forward. Yes. There's no. I don't know. If there are any other solution? Yeah, because usually a four beat canter is because you don't have enough energy or impulsion. So riding forward and then making sure to ride forward on the upbeat because. Part of when your horse is right. trantering, they're too much on the forehand. Okay, next question. Tips for not bouncing when he is just picking up the canter. Sit back. Sit back. Let your hips move. And let your hips move. Yeah. And follow with your hands. 
you know, if you're tight, you're going to pull yourself right out of the tack. Right? So soft seat, soft contact, and go with the motion. I'm not saying let go of the reins and have slack, but you have to have a, an elastic feel that allows the horse to go, and you can't be tight. As soon as you're tight, you're, you're rigid, you will bounce in the tack. You know, the, the, the answer is being fluid and supple. Okay, here's a good question from Kelly. My mare swings her haunches in to pick up a left lead. How do I stop her haunches and push her out without her mistaking it for right lead? That's a good question. It, your hands have to help by keeping the flexion and placing the shoulder when you go to push her out so that you keep the bend to the left and the placement of the shoulder. Yeah, and I would say... Also, like, so if your horse is going way haunches in when you ask for the canner, you might need to use a little more inside leg. And less outside leg. Yes. But still, your outside leg back so that they know it's left lead. Yes, but if it's so strong right. that it's making haunches in before the depart. Right. So more yeah, inside leg. More inside leg. So these are the things you need to try because we didn't see you. So yeah, more inside leg, less outside leg, and try placing the shoulder more with your with your hands. Placing the shoulder more to the inside. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. Cindy, let's see. My instructor had us work on walk to halt and walk trot to halt. She pointed out that I was slightly sitting back, which put my horse on the forehand. Also very much made me realize that my horse breaks at the canter because I eventually lean forward. So hard to be consistently correct in my position. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. That's, yes, that sums it up. It's very difficult. Okay, Elizabeth, my horse has been struggling with his changes and sometimes he gets too strong and fast and he tips. Um... Let me put, I'll, I have a free webinar on flying changes. I'll put it in the chat for you. But what are your tips, honey? Um, I like circles. That's a good one. I like circles. After your change, yes. ride a circle. Ride a circle after the change, or if he's anticipating, ride a few before and just get everything all lovey-dovey before you try it again. Or you could also go back to doing simple changes. Right. That, was, that was my next one, was walk in yeah. Always the walk in. Yes. Okay. Here's another one. Exercises or figures to help get more uphill in the canter? That's a good question. Shoulder four and baby haunches in. Yes. If Shoulder you're asking, four for sure. If you're asking for little haunches in in the canter, your horse isn't crooked because you asked for it. But you want to be able to ride shoulder four first. Yeah. Yeah. Another good exercise um, is you can do like baby leg yields in the canter. Yes. That's a good one. Or I like to do spiral your canter circle in and then leg yield out in shoulder four feeling. I like canter. leg yield to the wall, not get straight. Keep that leg yieldy feel before I even hit the rail, turn circle, and then ride my medium. That's another good one. Or the one. lengthening. Yeah. 
Um, what else? What other exercises to get your horse more uphill in the canter? Lots of transitions like forward and back, going, collecting, going, collecting. Yeah, in the gate. Yeah. But the reason, the reason that shoulder four is really helpful, especially in the canter, is twofold. One is that the canter is an asymmetric gait. There's a left lead canter and there's a right lead canter. So what's a little different about the canter is that your horse uses their body differently, like their, their left side and their right side, they use it differently. And so when you ride shoulder four, it really forces your horse to engage and take weight on their inside hind leg, which a lot of times horses tend to sneak their haunches in, in the canter. And lighten that light inside leg. Yeah. Take more load on the outside. Uh, counter canner is also good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Counter canner. It's a really good one. Okay. T helpful tips to keep my hands and elbows moving with my horse. That's another good question. Make your arms loose, right? So, you know, take your shoulders, scrunch them up underneath your ear, and then drop them down. And make sure your arms stay loose. Let your arms hang and be loose. As soon as you find yourself, just, you know, just, what was that? The shimmy, the shake, the candelari shake. What was that? Oh yeah, the the mindset shaking as a relaxation thing. Right. So you need a little of that <laughs> just to get your shoulders to not hold. You know, that's it's just so common to be human. You know, you get on a horse, your shoulders get tight, you, and you make your arms loose. Yeah. The other thing that I do when I feel like I'm bracing with my arms is I focus on my seat and I find that the more I can get my seat to really follow the motion of the horse, then it reminds me not to lock up in my arms. And that seems to help me. But I think your elbows, it's something that you have to consciously think about at times because our tendency is to lock up, especially when you're trying to do something new and hard. Like if you're trying to do a half pass or a flying change and it's new and it's hard for you and your horse, that's when we tend to lock up with our elbows. So that's when you have to consciously like talk to your elbows and be like, Hey, you know, keep following the motion. Okay. Um, next question is from Esther, how to get and or maintain a rhythmic three beat during collected canter. So, because a lot of horses lose the three beat and become four beaded when you collect, when you incorrectly collect your horse. Right, so just ride on and approach it again. Yeah, because it's, you really don't want your horse to get in Right, that. so as soon as you feel that, just go forward and come back to it. And if it hadn't, just go forward and come back to it. Right, because rhythm the, is the Because you're not base. gonna fix it in it, you gotta no. get going again. Rhythm is the base of the training scale. And so the second that you've lost the canter rhythm, you got to ride on. You have to like abandon whatever you're working on right. and get the right. rhythm back again. By going forward. And it's important to remember that collection is not about slowing your horse down. Collection. And remember at the beginning, we were talking about what is activity. Activity is actually about a quick tempo and you have to have activity and quickness for collection. You don't want a slow canter. Like a slow canter is not your friend. Right. It's a short canter. It takes you longer to get from, you know, A to B, 
because they're shorter footfalls and there's more of them. More RPMs though. Right. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, you get from here to there in, in more time, but it's not about being slow getting there. Yeah. Okay. Next question is from Hannah. Tips on regaining canter quality, especially in the show ring after an exuberant flying change. Um, I cheat in the corners. I kind of come in a little bit and then try and leg yield a little through the turn so it's not as obvious. So that I can yeah. get a little better because in that exuberant, right, I've lost my bend. The horse isn't any more connected inside leg, outside aids. And so now I start to cheat my line a little bit and try and reestablish yeah. the, the, the contact inside leg, outside aid. So that's what I do. I, I just cheat my line a little in, cheat it out a little bit, and just try and get better bend around my inside leg. But, yeah, shoulder, shoulder four is definitely your friend in the canter. Yeah. That's a really important part of getting your horse straight, getting your horse supple, getting your horse more engaged. I know with um, with my little horse, Luigi, that's one thing you've helped me a lot with him. But when I can ride him in shoulder four and keep him straight, like really straight in the outside rein, then that really improves the quality of his canter. Because if he's, which I like to do, because sometimes when he was younger, he could be a little exciting. I like to overbend him in the canter. and Make then, sure everything stays safe. Right. But then when you overbend him, he's just falling out through the outside shoulder. The haunches are in. And so he's like a curve in his body. And because he's not straight, then he's not truly engaging his hind end. Um, but so back to Hannah's question, like, let's say you go across the diagonal. And you do a flying change and your horse kind of rushes off, putting them in shoulder in is going to help to get them back on the hind end and get them engaged again. And it's definitely important as you progress up the levels, when you're first doing a flying change, you're just happy that you got the first flying change done. But then the next step is you have to be able to ride tempi changes. And in order to be able to ride tempi changes, your flying change. After the flying change, you have to immediately have rideability in your canter again. And that's hard. Yes, it is. So it's a process. Um, okay, let's see if there are any more questions. No, I don't see any more questions. Alrighty, everyone. Well, don't forget to RSVP for the Pirouette webinar, which is going to be Sunday, March 3rd. I've been working a lot on some awesome slides. I always spend a lot of time working on really cool slides to illustrate different topics. Pirouettes are super technical. So I have a lot of... So explain technical. Technical meaning that it's an advanced movement and you have to have a lot of things, right? Like not only do you have to have activity of your canter collection, you have to have impulsion, you have to have bend, you have to be able to place your pirouettes. You have to be able to get into your pirouette and get out of your pirouette. Like it's, it's a technical There's a lot going movement. on, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think all of the upper level movements are that way, but, but a pirouette is like everything combined in a way because a pirouette is kind of like a half pass on a circle. Yeah. Half, spot, uh, half pass on the spot. Yeah. So 
it's going to be a great webinar. And um, I spent like 10 hours on the plane working on my slides. So, so is that Sunday? Next Sunday. A week from this March Sunday. 3rd. Yes, next Sunday, March 3rd. And I think that's it. I'm going to get some rest and hopefully get over my jet lag. Let's go ride some horses tomorrow. Yes. I hope you're all motivated and let's go ride. Yes. All right. Good night, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.